Welcome in to Defeating the Curse. My name is Joe. Happy to be with you as always. Joined by LP on this podcast. LP, how have you been? What have you been up to? And hey. What have you been watching? And I've been watching MLS. <laughs> so what else is there to watch in April? We have got well, to course. talk about Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Big Z, and his big MLS debut. Please tell me you saw this game. Please. That was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, what kind of insult is that on the MLS, though? That, that 35-year-old Big Z rolls in and just, oh, wow. 36 years old, what did he have, three goals in like 10 minutes? One of them was from like 40 yards out off of a volley over the goalies. That's just ridiculous. He hey, is but you know, so I'll, good. I'll take 36-year-old you know, leftover stars than uh, what we have on DC United, which is a big dud of young players who are just not there. I mean, the DC United is awful. They used to be a dynasty, and now they're the laughing stock of the MLS. Well, they are the last champion the city has had outside of the Washington Gassels, but for some reason we don't count. I mean, and it's understandable. They're not part of the, part of the Big Four. But, I mean, Big Z. I mean, everybody, it was a big deal when Beckham came here. That's almost 10 years ago now. And and he did a lot. But, I mean, he's a different type of player. Big Z plays up front. He's going to touch the He's going to get scoring opportunities left and right. And for some reason, I mean, he's out there. He's larger than life right now. I mean, even his press conference, I, he drew me into the press conference, you know, with, uh, you know, you know his, his first LA Galaxy uh you know, presser and and man, like I, I love that he refers to himself in the third person. I love that he believes he truly believes he could play in any any league right now and be an MVP type caliber candidate uh, for whatever team he's on. He's going to take the MLS by storm. I think this is exactly what the league needed. I, I mean, I could talk about him for hours. I mean, we've if you've played FIFA or been watching soccer at all, even remotely, this guy is is larger than life. When it, I mean, he he has always risen to the occasion. He's given us some of the best goals I can remember in in a, you know from a, in a World Cup tournament. He's won titles at, obviously at PSG. He he held his own in in England uh, playing with Man U for like he wasn't. He, people told him not to go. Like you're too old. It's going to tarnish your reputation. He's like, man, forget about all that. And he he held his own. So I, I'm excited to see. I mean, believe me, I could talk forever forever about what I expect from him in the MLS. And it totally sucks that uh, the Galaxy don't come to D.C. because I, I would love to see him up close and personal. You know, but, I mean... Where would they play? They don't have a stadium. I, I know, they're, they're I playing know. In, they're playing in, uh, you know, backyard Fairfax County Park Parks and Rex Fields. I know, I know. But uh, he is going to be... he is a He's a big draw no matter where he goes. Like I said, he's exactly what MLS needs right now. Um, especially because... The U.S. isn't going to the World Cup, and and he is the type of person that would keep people interested, um, even though we really don't have anything to cheer for in, in a couple months when uh, when the tournament starts in Russia. But um, for for FP's sake and for Steve's sake, we let, let's let's pause the soccer talk, and uh, well, before we get into you know the local sports, did you watch the national championship game on Monday night? It was awful. I mean, I, I actually wanted to switch off and switch to uh, Redskins 100 because of how bad of a game that is. Does, College do they pay you to awful. endorse? I mean, you talk about that show all the time. It's it's a fantastic show. But the point is, college basketball is awful. There's nothing 
good about college basketball. The tournament was fun for the first maybe one or two rounds when there's a big upset like UVA going down and there's the whole Loyola story and um, what's her name, Jean. Mama, Sister, Sister Jean. Jean. Yeah, I mean, those are kind of cool stories and um, the underdogs and all, all that kind of stuff. But it fades quick for me. It fades quick. The level of play is just much worse than the NBA. Um, these kids are way too young to be on such a big national stage. Like the way that they they made their entrances and all that kind of stuff. It's just it's too much. It, the The college game's got to be redone. And I think you've talked about this many times. Is the one and done rule has got to be gone. And we need better talent in in college that can stay longer because when they're in the NBA, they're just not ready to play in the big leagues yet. So th- there's a lot to be done there. You know, I, I, I feel like I'm beating the, the dead horse here, right? But the one and done is completely destroyed. It's not just college basketball. It's actually tarnished some of the NBA as well. I, I think you get you get players that are asked to deliver that can't. And, and frankly, it's one change that they need to make. And we've talked it at nauseum. I, I, we've we keep hearing about it now. I think it's I think this this snowball is going to get is really going to pick up some momentum over the next couple of months and maybe maybe over the next year we actually see a change. But if they drop the one and done and give players the option coming out of high school to either go into the draft and if they get drafted either go pro and forego the, their amateur status and, and coll- they cannot play collegiate ball if they go pro, or the team that drafts them holds their rights for three seasons. Right, but the player can go to college, but cannot come out before then, you know. So, and if they get injured, we gotta like maybe there's a compensatory pick or something else. But that would allow college basketball to be more about basketball and less about recruiting. Because right now, if you recruit, you win. Villanova is an outlier; they really are. I mean, two two titles in three years. Get this, man. Jay Wright, a name. If I put him up in a lineup, you probably I most people couldn't pick him out. But certainly if I asked you what school he coached or what he looked like or what his background was, nobody would know anything about him. But he joins Coach K and Roy Williams as the only active coaches in men's basketball, men's collegiate basketball, with two titles or more. That's incredible. It really is incredible for a program like Villanova where, where he basically took over a very mediocre uh, program. He doesn't do the greatest job recruiting, but he's actually coaching guys, and he doesn't have a bunch of one and dones, you know. And there's something unique that that we've started to see now with the tournament in particular. It's not the best teams per se that always get through based on the talent of the individual players. So a lot of these, you know, stud high schoolers that go to Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Texas, wherever they end up going, those aren't the teams that advance. It's the teams that have seasoned you know, air quotes here, veteran players that have played together for two and a half, three, or even four seasons. Like a senior college basketball player is a is an is an outlier now. But those are the teams that consistently do well in the tournament because they're they have experience. Like it's it's similar to teams trying to get over the hump. We could talk about the Wizards and and you know, a few years ago they were just happy to be in the playoffs, but now they're a little bit more seasoned, right? And they know how to handle themselves. They know how to handle that pressure. So I think the one and done has got to go. You know, you know, golf clap for Villanova. I, I didn't see them beating Michigan. Um, you know, Michigan is, is one of those teams that gets a lot of media attention, but it's uh, it's a lot of bark and no bite. I mean, they don't win a whole lot for a team that's constantly on TV and constantly, you know, maybe just because we always think of the Fab Five. But, I mean, I, I'm with you. The game wasn't that good. Um, the story wasn't that great, except for, you know, the Jay Wright angle. But who's going to really cheer for coaches? Um, you know, and, and it made it just kind of, yeah, like I, I wasn't into it. 
um, the way I have been in, in, in maybe five years ago. Like college basketball to me is it's hard to watch. There isn't a whole lot of strategy. It's all a lot of Princeton offense and uh, Princeton offense, and it, it it just doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. But um, I, I think we got a look at some some folks that will be in the NBA pretty soon, uh, especially off those final four teams and. You look at some of the teams that they would potentially be landing on, the teams that uh, that are not going to be in the playoffs uh, or in the playoffs but maybe could make a move. Um, you know, there's there's some pieces, I think, that, that would be nice fits even here in Washington. I mean, Washington could use a couple of bigs, right? And we, Ernie didn't pull the trigger, didn't make any moves, and he's going to have to go to the draft because the, the chances of him now getting, uh, you know, a big in the offseason are, are limited. But... You know, let let's let's shift here to the Wizards. I know that that's your first love. You're, you're all into it right now. They they, I mean, they put up a big turd yesterday against the Rockets. How, how much of that game did you watch? I watched all of it, but I, I wouldn't consider that a turd. The Rockets are the best team in the NBA. No, no, they it's a turd. A turd. They they were outplayed in. Yeah, that was a turd too. Those that's two big a turds. Turd. <laughs> uh, the thing is, you know, you can tell me that the Wizards are tanking because they don't want to play the Cavs, and you can tell me what Thomas Saransky said, and he's like, I don't want to play against LeBron James. But frankly, Thomas Saransky doesn't matter. He's gonna be a, a bench player uh, come, you know, seven days from now or whatever it is, ten days from now when the the postseason kicks off. Um, and this team is just not good. If you actually take a look at, you know, this team at the end of the season compared to last year's team at the end of the season, they've actually downgraded in almost every position. And I'm going to even throw in John Wall and maybe even Bradley Beal into that. And uh, they've downgraded except for maybe the bench. The bench is a little bit better. But but Marching Gortat has, has gone down. Marquise Morris has gone down. Otto Porter, complete dud. I mean, this team is significantly worse. Now, can they make a run against the Boston or against the Cleveland? Um I mean, I guess anything is possible. One thing that you, we do know about this team is that at the end of uh, the 2016-2017 season, they were on a losing streak at the last 10 games of the year, too, and we, everyone was panicking. They came out and they swept the, the Hawks. The year before, they were in a downward spiral as well. And um, what was that? That was the Bucks, maybe? Uh, I forget who it was, but, you know, they, they took care of business there. So um, can they take care of business? Yes. Um, but I do not expect them to come out and surprise everybody in the first series and, you know, get a 5-1 or a 4-1 win or, you know, win in five, win in six. You know, if they win, it's going to be seven. But, you know, I, I think it's a long shot right now. And, and Ernie's got to really take some responsibility for this because he made a decision at the deadline that he didn't want to go out and get DeAndre Jordan. He didn't want to upgrade at center, that he was going to play uh, Jan Mahimi a little bit more and, you know, I've been a, an advocate of Mahimi for the past year and a half now. I'm completely off that bandwagon now. The guy's missing dunks, missing layups. Like, he's got no offensive game. Yes, he is a presence on the defensive side of the ball in the paint, but his offensive weakness is, is stronger than his defensive presence. So um, I just think this team is a mess right now. And John Walls, you know, seems like he's okay, seems like he's healthy. I mean... He hasn't uh, scored a lot in his two or three games that he's played, but he's gotten some assists. The team looks completely different with John Wall on the floor than, than Sadoransky. Sadoransky is not a true point guard. Um, you know, maybe the Scott Brooks can get a little um, creative with his lineups and maybe putting Sadoransky in at, 
at the two guard and, and Ramon at, at the point guard. But um, there's no time to figure this out, and this, t- this team is not trending in the right direction. But this is I where mean, they, you know, if they had to pick a playoff spot, or better yet, if they had to pick a playoff opponent, you know, between the Raptors, Celtics, and Cavs, the Celtics are the easy. That's the one, right? I mean, that's the one you would rather face. Realistically, they yeah, don't have a, they don't have a shot. They're the most beat up. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the only you kind of way out of the first round. Yeah, you beat them what twice with John Wall out. Yeah, so. and they won't. And we know they're not getting Kyrie. So that's the only team out of the top three that which is where they potentially would land. Uh, I mean, I don't see them beating the Raptors the way they're currently playing. I don't see them beating the Cavaliers in a series the way they're currently playing. Although we'll get a little preview of that tomorrow. The Celtics are the only team that they could they could potentially beat in a seven game series right now. Otherwise, we're looking at a first round exit, which is a colossal step back. On top of that, we're looking at minimum four games worse, potentially five games worse if they don't win another one than they were last season. That's a huge step back with the roster that's more or less the same, with the exception of Porter's contract is significantly larger and Wall missed a significant amount of time. Like those are not good things, you know. Ernie had to do something. He he chose not to, and the Wiz fell from f- flirting with third, fourth to seventh, eighth. Now they're 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 in the playoffs, so there's no risk of lo- you know going anywhere else. But look at the teams that passed them: the Sixers, the Pacers, the Heat. They're tied statistically with the Bucks, and the you know that's that's kind of shocking. I mean, the Sixers at the beginning of the season, we recorded a podcast. And we, you know, they were my surprise team in the East. But man, I never had them finishing fourth. I never had them winning eleven games in a row the way they have right now. I mean, they're on a they're on an eleven game win streak. They're sitting yeah. at forty seven and thirty. That's incredible for a young team, and that's a dangerous. I don't want to see them in the playoffs because what they may be young and inexperienced, but they got their mojo going right now. They, you know, and, and there was two teams that I said, and I, I think I, I got on the Jazz a little bit later. I think it was after they made the the, the mid season trade. But if you look at what the Jazz have done, that team is is currently sitting in fourth in the Western Conference after basically being flirting with the eighth spot for most of the season. They have shot up, winning seven of three of their last ten, three in you know three in a row. They're 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 thirty one and seventeen in the Western Conference. That is incredible. That's one of the best marks in the conference on a team that no one's paying any attention to. I wish the Wizards were that good, but you know the Wizards in conference are. Uh, they're 27 and 21, um, eight and six in the division, 22 and 17 at home. Like the Wizards have had statistically an okay season, but 42 and 36 is nothing to be excited about. If they win their next, if they win their remaining, what do they got? Four games left. I think they, they got, got four, four games. games. So they'll finish 46, 46 and uh, 36, which would be three games off of last year's pace. I'm like okay, maybe that makes it look a little bit better, you know. But we were it's not about 50. the record though. It's You're about right. the team is playing i mean they lost 11 of the last 17 they're they're dropping to teams like the bulls uh the nuggets uh the knicks i mean come on you're losing to the knicks without uh porzingis i mean it's just it's an embarrassment this team is an embarrassment right now and i i just don't know if you can really just turn it on like that come playoff time to be honest i personally think has been overworked this season. I think he's he's tired. I think he needs some time off. You know, with 
you're basically in the seventh spot. You're probably not going to go anywhere. I mean, you might drop to eight or you may go up to six. Obviously, going up to six is probably a bad thing. So I don't, I don't see why Bradley Beal should be playing these next four games. I think you give him some time off. Um, well, and hold just on. hope but that if, if they go to six, come if they go to six, they're playing the Cavs. If they drop to eight, yeah. they're playing the Raptors. That, that's that's bad both ways. They got to stay exactly where they are to draw the Celtics. I don't know how you do that, but that's what they got to figure out. They got that's exactly what they have to do. They because they're not going to get past the Raptors. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to best get past the Cavs. So let's say this: the likelihood that you're going to get to six is probably very slim. The way that this team is playing right now. I don't think you're going to – I mean, unless um, – Unless Miami collapses. I, I think what's more likely is that you may drop to eight. So – I mean, then it's over. Then we then why watch the playoffs? Hawks, Celtics, and the Magic, right? So there's there's four games. Uh, two – a number two seed, a number three seed, and then two, um, you know, pretty bad teams. If you go two and two there – uh, let's see what the Bucks have. Um, the rest of their schedule. They should have four games left. They have uh, Brooklyn, the Knicks, Orlando, and Philadelphia. So really two, two and two, probably. Yeah. Also, yeah. I mean, you can't. You I can't. Mean, you're you probably can't beating ask Brooklyn. You're beating the Knicks. You're beating Orlando, and then Philly is the last game of the season. Who knows who's going to play? So you're probably getting three wins out of that, at a minimum, right? If they so the if, Wizards going two and two drops to eighth spot, then we're done. Then the Raptors the Raptors beat us in five and it's over and, we, and the season is done. The even sweep. Yeah, it, yeah the this, it's not looking positive for this team. It's yeah. not looking positive for this team. It, it doesn't. Look and Army's got to take responsibility. I mean, I mean, so I guess the silver line is that, you know, I think Gortat's coming off of his contract or um, you can probably shed that piece this summer. Um, Boogie is a free agent. Uh, DeAndre Jordan's a free agent. So maybe those are some pieces that you can pick up. But um, I think the John Wall injury really hurt us. I mean, and all the national talk about the Wizards being better without John Wall. I mean, you can obviously tell that the national media does not watch Wizards games. They know nothing about the games. They're looking at, at the win streaks, and they're looking at wins and losses, and they're just coming to conclusions. But anyone who's watching this game, you can tell from the way that they played against the Bulls versus the way that they played uh, the game before when John Wall was his first game back and he had 15 assists. It's a completely different team with John Wall out there. Yeah, th- th- it's that was just a, a dumb narrative about the, the team somehow is better without him. I mean, if you were buying that, then you know I, I want to sell you some, uh, you know, oceanfront realty in West Virginia because th- that's garbage. Like you cannot be better without as a team without your best player. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, it can it can happen in spurts. It can happen because everyone needs to play up for a short amount of time. But consistently, no, that's just a stupid argument made by stupid people. The team is better with John Wall. John Wall needs to get up to speed. And frankly, you know what? I'd be surprised if they if they were able to. Well, I mean, maybe I would be. I'm, I'm going to answer my own question. Maybe the way I didn't anticipate I was going to. If they go in and beat the Raptors in a series or the Cavs, I I would be surprised, but not the way I would have been maybe in past seasons. Um, because this team is still, I, I think they are tested to some degree. I think they can play playoff basketball. 
when the rotation gets uh, gets shorter. We're not going to have to see a whole lot of Jan Mahimi, hopefully. Um, you know, and they're not. It's such a, it's such a toss up with this team. I mean, they could they could come out and I could see them holding their opponents to eighty points a game because you know for two of those games and picking up both. So they they're just so up and down that it's it's hard. And there's no there's there was there's been no consistent thread to them at all this season, which has also been infuriating. Um, but I think we're I mean not to say that we can't learn a lot, but we can always learn a lot from how they end the season. You know, John Wall was pretty clear. You know, we want to win every game, and I, I take him at his word. I don't think they're looking at it and, and trying to position themselves for one less win or one less loss. I think the coaches, I think the front office is, because it's a, it's a, it will be perceived as a step back if they make the playoffs and then you know fizzle out. Maybe if you lose in the first round in seven games, like on the road and it's close, maybe you say okay, it was a draw or it wasn't such a, a step back from last year, but. If you draw the Raptors and lose in five, or draw you know the, the Cavs and lose in five, that's a step back, and there's no way around it. I just don't know if Ernie's going anywhere, and and, and you know this is where he, he somehow has like this this armor, kind of like Bruce Allen, right? Like where he, he just for some reason the fans want to hold him accountable, the city wants to hold him accountable, the players, you know, current and former, want to hold him accountable, or at least you know shyly point the finger at him, but management. Like Leonsis and and Snyder don't seem interested in in making a change, which is a problem too. Like, wh- what do you do? Like, what do you do if management doesn't want to hold management accountable? If ownership isn't going to hold uh, uh, Grunfeld or Bruce Allen accountable, what are you supposed to do? Uh, you know, I guess we get transition here. Let, let's just do that. How about that for a segue? Let's talk about Bruce Allen here for a second. I mean, there's an alpha in there. Let's talk about Bruce here. Let's talk about Brucey. You know, old Goose Allen here. There's a strong possibility, according to one Chris Russell, that uh, Goose Allen would be shown the door or reassigned by Snyder if this isn't a successful season. Because Snyder apparently has taken it to heart that the fans are not happy uh, with Kirk walking. Are you buying this rumor? So... The report was that it was two things that really ticked Dan off. The first thing was the report from Washington Post where they reported that Doug Williams had no idea of the Alex Smith trade and was sent a text late at night, one you know, Sunday night or whatever it was, and said, don't answer your phone, don't look at your phone, no, don't read any messages. And then the next morning he wakes up and is in Redskins Park at Bruce Allen's office saying, what the heck's going on? And he says, oh, I just traded for Alex Smith. Completely throwing Doug Williams off, off guard there. So that was the report of, of one reason that he was ticked off. The second reason was because apparently Dan Snyder and the Washington Redskins office listens to all local radio and all media outlets. And Grant Paulson went on the radio uh, to talk about what Bruce Allen had said on his interview with J.P. Finley on Redskins 100, um, that uh, everyone should be held accountable for wins and losses. That includes, you know, the janitor, the team president, blah, blah, blah. It goes on to list all the different positions in the Redskins organization. Well, Grant Paulson says, well, if you're, if you're saying that the president and uh, – uh, president of football operations should be held accountable for wins and 
And why isn't why isn't Bruce Allen holding himself accountable? Because his win and loss record is not very good. So the Redskins look at the media and they look at uh, they read articles they they do all this stuff and they get ticked off when they're shown in a negative light. And so because it's become a PR nightmare for the Redskins to deal with all these fires um, that Dan Snyder is just ticked off and he's he's had it with Bruce. So the report is that. You know, Bruce has got one more chance. If anything else like this happens, they're going to put Bruce Allen, uh, not show him the front door, but show him a side door and say, hey, you're in charge of stadium uh, management. You should show him the back door if you get one, if you get my drift. Because this dude has boned the Skins fan base for so long that it's raw and it hurts, man. Like this guy, you know, I, I am buying 100% that Snyder, you know, things get to him. And he, I'm sure he's listening. He's not listening to Red Zebra or, or, or the team or the, the staff or whatever they're called, the radio station. He's listening to the other folks, right? He's listening to what we listen to. He's listening to 106.7. He's reading the national headlines. He knows that the Redskins are perceived to have completely effed the Kirk situation up from start to finish, and it's all squarely on Bruce. Okay, like... I'm I'm confident enough and I'm comfortable enough saying Bruce deserves some credit after securing Alex Smith the way he did, even though at the time we were furious. Not because it was Alex Smith, but because it wasn't Kirk Cousins. If Kirk Cousins come if he comes out and wins a Super Bowl this year or has a has the exact same statistical line as he did the past several years, then you know what? That's a bad look for Bruce. That's a bad look for the Redskins. It's a bad look for Snyder. And maybe, maybe if this rumor is even 30% true, maybe, maybe, then maybe Snyder does something and shakes up the front office. But what, who's he going to shake it up with? Bruce is the only guy that seems to have conf- his confidence to do anything. So I don't know if that actually right. helps. So the report was that that would be uh, president of football operations, um, where he's just the manager, right? And Doug Williams is running personnel and Jay Gruden's got a large part. Um, so that would be the rumor. And what, what else was said on there was that, uh, back before the Scott McLuhan hire, uh, they the Redskins had brought in AJ Smith from the chargers to consult, um, front office operations. And AJ Smith said that RG three wasn't the, the right guy and that they needed to move on from RG three. And apparently Dan didn't like that. So Dan uh, leave and said, Bruce, go hire a football guy. So Bruce went out and hired Scott McLuhan. Scott McLuhan comes in and says the same exact thing that A.J. Smith heard or that A.J. Smith saying and that, you know, RG3 wasn't fit to run this offense. And then, you know, the whole thing spirals downhill from there. So uh, I don't think. Dan Snyder should be let off the hook either because he's got a large involvement in this as well. It's not just Bruce. The whole, you know, front office, owner, president, you know, football operations, this and that. They're all, there's all, there's enough blame to be uh, shown around to all of them. So, well, okay. So you brought up RG3. RG3 is now a Baltimore Raven. Is this an attempt by the Ravens to siphon off? Redskins fans in the DMV. Please do that and please take all the Maryland. <laughs> please. <laughs> and I'm not I'm really not joking. 
Move the stadium to Virginia. Take all the Marylanders. We don't want them. Be Baltimore Ravens fans. This See, will be the Virginia and DC team. The beautiful irony here is if it was the opposite, if the Ravens had drafted RG3 and the Redskins two seasons later signed him, I would 100% believe that the Redskins were doing it to siphon off disgruntled Ravens fans, you know, the the forever RG3 fans from that fan base. I'm 100%. I would be totally convinced of that because that's, it just feels like something a Bruce Allen would do. The Ravens are too competent of a franchise to care about siphoning off fans in the DMV. I, I don't, I, but I also don't understand what they gain from bringing him in because of the type of distraction he, he is. Um, I mean, it, it's unfortunate, but I mean, he's proven himself to be uh, a liability when it comes to his work ethic and the circus that he brings with him. So uh, I'm not well, sure they what the Ravens brought him can in last year this. too. If you remember, they actually brought him in last year too, and they brought him in to do a tryout, and uh, it was kind of going on for a while. So they liked him last year. I'm guessing they said, "Hey, we like you, but you know, we don't think you're the right fit. Go work on these things and come back to us in a year." It's possible. But I'm also hearing reports of, uh, or not reports, predictions from, you know, people who are in the know that that say that, you know, by week six, RG3 is probably going to supplant uh, Flacco as quarterback. But that's insanity. That? That's insanity. You're not buying that. I'm not buying that. Yeah, I'm not buying even, it either. Even if he does, he'd play two or three games and he's going to be injured again. So I, I think he can make a comeback as a quarterback or he can make it. I think he can make a comeback as a football player. I just don't think he can stay healthy enough to play more than three games consecutively. I mean, you're, you're, I, I don't know what you gain with by, by making this move. I really don't. It's just a bad look all around. I, I really, like, if you're Flacco today, are you excited or not excited? Do you look at this and say, oh, this guy's going to compete for my job? Or do you say, oh, there's no chance I'm losing the starting gig now because this guy can't play? Oh, absolutely. He's got to be laughing to himself and saying, there's no, there's no way this guy's going to beat me out in anything. I mean, other than a forty, he's not going to beat me. But that's why I don't get it. Like, what do they? What do they gain from this? What do you gain from this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Who was their their backup last year? Wasn't it Ryan Mallett? Uh, I couldn't tell you. I, I don't. I don't care for the state. I don't care for the team. <laughs> well, well. Let, I mean, keep the distraction away from from Redskins Park. That's all that matters to me. Yeah. Oh, hey, I'm with you on that. I'm I'm 100% with you on that. I just I just like I always try to think like, okay, this is my team. Under what circumstances would I want this guy on my team, right? I'm at the point where if I need a backup quarterback or or I want to roll the dice on someone, I'm more likely to go to 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 Johnny Football than I am to RG3. I may even go with Tim Tebow and have him do a little workout for me because at least he may be a circus too, but he's a different kind of circus. He's a positive circus. He's going to be a team guy and give it his all. And you tell him to you know, do three jumping jacks, he'll do three jumping jacks. RG3 is not doing any jumping jacks for anybody. Like you. Yeah, but that's not that's not what he says. I bet you RG3 is a fantastic interviewer. You remember him. No pressure, no diamonds. Uh, I mean, but you guys how do you think that actually plays? LP. How do you, <laughs> I know. How do you think that actually plays in a, in a room where – like, the, the, do you really think that makes a difference? He he can come off as a very intelligent, very hardworking athlete. I mean, he's fooled us, the fan base. For you know, up until now, there's still there's still fans that are fooled by him. But it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense, man. Like if you're the Ravens, 
This guy has had two two former OCs at least, right, running their own teams now. One in LA and one in San Francisco. They didn't even bother calling. Like they wanted nothing to do with him. They they didn't want to play that game. They didn't want anything to do with it. Not even a camp buddy. Right, nothing. They they Not wanted nothing. Yeah. Right. So yep. It just I I don't get it. Maybe his even if the contract is super cheap, you don't gain anything. I just I don't get it. I don't get it. And of course, all the RG three you know crazies in 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 the DMV are oh you're gonna see and they're gonna win another Super Bowl and blah 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 and I'm like man. Like, what? What are you supposed? To, what do you say to them? What do you say to the RG three guy that's still cheering for him? You know, it seems like an eternity after he left the team. What do you say? Honestly, I. I yeah. Moving on. Yeah. I'm done with it. Like I'm, I'm done. Like it's been three years or four years. It's been way too long. I'm done with it. I don't even want to talk about Kirk Cousins anymore. But I'm I do done miss with him. that. Too. You, you kind of miss him a little bit. Oh, I, I definitely miss him. I love Kirk as a player. I love him as a person. But I don't want to talk about the situation that landed him out of D.C. because that's not a pleasing thing to think about. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. Although he's still selling. Like, I still see him on ads and stuff in the – I still see him on ads and stuff in the area. But that's a, that's another conversation. Any Any final thoughts as we wrap up this podcast? April's April's the the month for playoffs, so um, I think the the Caps have a much better ch- chance of uh, making it than the Wizards. But uh, that's oh. it. We got, we got Caps, we got Wizards, Nationals ramping up. Nationals did not look good nice today. To back baseball again, though. Max took a big L today. We'll, we'll we'll let the baseball guys talk about baseball, but he took he looked bad all around today. That was not a good game today, um, but. You know, it I, happened. the Nets will be okay. They're not. It they happened. weren't. They weren't going to win 162 of 162. At least I didn't. I don't think they were planning on it. Exactly. It happens. Yeah. You want to talk about the Browns? That's my last thought. How good are the Browns going to be? The Browns. Why don't we talk about the the Rams? I think the Rams just got a stud receiver. They've upgraded on pretty. Much. Uh, they got to be going for bust, right? I mean, what if you're if you're the Rams at this easily, point? favorite uh, i mean they have to be right i, I don't know <laughs> you got to be jealous as a redskins fan you got to be jealous of the rams that they went from you know three wins two wins one win and pretty much nothing to a completely turned around team in what one year i mean literally mcveigh took over one year ago well you think that's impressive what do you think is going to happen with the browns this year I, I i'm telling you the browns have been the toilet of the nfl uh, winning zero games, one game, zero games, whatever it was. This team is going to win eight games plus this season, just even with Tyrod playing quarterback. They are going to be much better. I'm not a t- I'm not a Tyrod believer. I'm not either, but he 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 consistently won in Buffalo, and he's got yeah. a whole lot more weapons now in Cleveland than he ever had in Buffalo. He's uh, definitely a competent quarterback. I don't think he's going to take you over the edge, but. I think eight is realistic to be – if you're a Browns fan, eight is realistic. Eight is definitely realistic. Well, that's 800% better than what you had. That's true. You know, so that that's incredible. The Rams are interesting. I mean, the Rams are going the way of uh, – feels like Skins 99, right? Just go grab everybody. Now, I think they're doing it a little bit wiser, but, I mean, they they if they don't make it, what, to the 
NFC Championship game, it's a bust. I, like I don't know how you rank or what how you set expectations for a team that just basically got every every free agent to come and sign. Like I don't know how you would rank them. I don't know what like what does failure look like for that team or what does success look like for that team. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of pressure, but they said, hey, you know, we're in a new city. We're in a big, you know, a big market. Let's go go all in. We have a a 31-year-old or whatever he is, 30-year-old coach who's, you know, living the life over there. So you can't blame them because when your fan base has zero expectations for so many tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But You're still, I think they're doing it in the in the responsible way. Oh, I'm not I disagree. Not a huge fan of the Ndamukasu um, deal, right? But not a huge fan of the Brandon Cooks. Play. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of acquiring Cooks either for a, for a first rounder. I mean, he did he didn't have a good season in New England, uh, where with the with a, a true steady. I mean, with, I mean that's as stable a position as there is, um, or stable team as there is. Uh, he he didn't have a very good season, so I'm not sure what they're expecting out of Cooks, um, you know. But they they certainly have a lot of weapons there too, and defensively they're going to be better. I mean, look at what they did just on the defensive side between Sue up front, Peters and and Talib on the back end. Like that's going to be an impressive. I, I mean, I, I want to watch them, but I don't really know how good they're going to be. I expect them to be really good, but it it's hard to just. It's hard to judge a team like that. That I mean, they, they kind of look like a like an all Madden team at this point. I mean, at every skill position, they've got at least one stud, somebody you would potentially draft in a fantasy draft, or if you were building a team and you said, "Give me one X," they right. have somebody for everybody. So they, they they I like. I mean, it's exciting from a fan's perspective. I got no skin in the game. You know, I, I'm excited. I, I I'll watch them when they're on TV. Only thing they can do in my book to make them a little bit more interesting would be to uh, maybe get Zlatan to kick the extra points. <laughs> that'd be that'd be pretty cool. I wonder if that's possible because the MLS eh, they do play on Sundays, but they don't play at at one o'clock. Talk about worlds colliding! I I would watch. That would, would be that would be amazing. <laughs> Not to mention he's yeah, like six two. But you got to root for Sean McVay, his... right? Do you root for Sean McVay? I'm not rooting against him. I mean, I, I cheered. I, I cheered against his team when we played them last year, and I was glad we got a win. But I, I'm not actively cheering against him. I mean, I wish he would have stayed. We don't retain talent. That's a. That's a I mean, that story is as old as the Redskins. Um, you know, so I'm not cheering against him. You know, but it's kind of like Kirk. Like I'm not going to necessarily cheer for him. I'm not cheering against him. And I. I mean, I. I, I wish him success. He. He certainly. He didn't leave on his. On bad terms, as far as I'm concerned. Um, like he didn't, he didn't burn the fans. It wasn't like they offered him something and he said, no, he got a bet. He just left and that's okay. Yeah. Like it's business. But even if they did offer him something, he would have said no. So he didn't want to be here. He didn't want to be, he didn't want to be in the city where you have to sit for four hours on 495 to get five miles. He didn't want to be on the East coast. He wanted to be somewhere in the Midwest. So I don't blame him. I'll root for Kirk. I won't root for his team, but I'll root for him. I mean, I won't if he's playing against the Redskins. Will I root for him? No, but um, there's nothing wrong with rooting for for a player like you know. Uh, I like that guy. He's he's a good so player. So what I, happens I, when it's Vikings Rams in the NFC Championship game? What do you do then? <laughs> I laugh because uh, that's such a Redskins thing to happen. That's such a Redskins thing to happen. So Redskins. <laughs> Maybe we can get that trending. Hashtag so Redskins. Um, Anyway, that was my last thing. It's been uh, it's been fun as always. 
I think the next couple days are going to be a little hectic for us. I think the baseball boys, uh, I think we got a, we got a pod coming, I think, on Friday or Saturday. Then we got a Mets series recap coming on Tuesday. If you've been on our website recently, or if you haven't, more importantly, you got to get out there and read uh, the last couple of posts. Fetty did an excellent job talking about why Bryce will, will be back with the Nats next season. Um, before that, Matt wrote an excellent piece about the Mets and why we should be looking out for them, uh, you know. But it's not all baseball. We uh, FP actually put some uh, pen to pad too. Uh, the tale of two tales. Uh, did you read that piece? By the way, it's good. Yeah, it was good. Your boy can write. We wish you could get a little, squeeze a little more out of that guy. Um, we but, need to, we need to get writing somehow connected to Tinder, and I think it'll work. Yeah, you, you said it, man. You said it. I think that's why he didn't join us. If I uh, if I may say, but. In any case, it's as it's been fun we, as we always. Had a fantastic post by our, our guest Adam on the cap, so check that one out as well. Nice, nice. Things are happening. This has been DTC. Thank you so much for listening. For LP, my name is Joe. Until next time, we are out.